everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bees Knees Podcast. We're your hosts, Ben and Brittany, and if you haven't already, please download this episode. And make sure to check out the link in the description where you can find links to our Discord and socials. Happy listening! So yesterday was Family Day, which is the most nonsense stat holiday that I can think of. Yeah, which is fine, because I mean, like, we get it off... And it's a three-day weekend. And, and it's a paid day off. Yeah, it's stat holiday. So whatever. Like if they want us to have a <laughs> day off to spend time with family or do whatever the heck you do on family day, I'm down. Yeah. And we took an opportunity because there's nothing else we could do to play some some video games yeah. with the family. Yeah. Except we have young kids, so there's a lot of video games we can't play. But we settled on Mario Party. Yeah. Originally, you wanted to do Mario Kart, and I felt that given our children and I know (laughs) them, I just felt like that was just frustration waiting to happen. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be able to not kick their ass. Yeah. Well, and I feel like they wouldn't understand that they weren't winning, and then they'd be in, like, last place, and we'd both be finished just waiting for them to finish. Oh, my God. And then they would be like, I suck at this. I don't want to play anymore. (laughs) And I didn't want to have to deal with that meltdown. Which, I mean, it happened a bit with Mario Party. Yeah. But there was one mini game that frustrated the hell out of me. <laughs> it is called Sign, Steal, and Deliver. Yeah. And if you have small children who aren't very well versed with video games, do steer away from that one. Yeah. Basically, you have, it's a 1v3. One person has a little drone, and you're just going up this building to pick up packages. Yeah, which was me, so that was really easy. (laughs) And then you have three people who have to go up on either side of this building. There's a three-dimensional spiral staircase. Mm -hmm. And our youngest just couldn't understand just the controls to go up this three-dimensional staircase where the rest of the level is like just side-scrolling platformer. Yeah. Man... It was really funny for me because, like, our oldest was much better at navigating the stairs. Yeah. But she'd still, like, grab the package and then just stand in everyone else's way. And you're just like, go down the stairs. Go put it on the conveyor belt. And it, she's just like, what do I do? Oh, it was like around. five minutes straight of me yelling at the kids, go up the stairs. No, no, go down the stairs. Get you, out of her way. Get out of my way. <laughs> it was so frustrating. And it was entirely too much. It, w- it was good for me, though. I mean, I just had to do my drone thing and not have to be involved in any of the chaos that was going on in the stairs. But then we played a mini game that was the exact opposite. And no matter how bad the kids did, mm-hmm. everybody was, was just, just laughing. laughing. Called Slapparazzi. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were just sitting there. We're like, what are we supposed to do with this? And then in the little test, I just walked over and slapped your character. Yeah. <laughs> And it reminded me it reminded me of the documentaries we were watching. We watched one about monkeys and it's like monkeys have this very structured class system and it just had a monkey smacking some like lowly monkey's baby. Yeah, it had this like hierarchy and there was like different tiers of what so where socially you stood in this monkey <laughs> uh society and this like poor monkey i guess i don't know you're like (laughs) lesser than monkey went near a you know i don't know royal monkey 
And like this monkey just like stared at this other monkey and just bitch slapped it right <laughs> off the branch. And it was the funniest thing I'd ever the seen. The best was the narrator coming in and being like, and this is how the monkey learns its place. <laughs> <laughs> we like talking about movies and TV and TV and movies because we're the bee's knees. Oh, yeah. It's been a week since the Super Bowl now, and everyone knows that you just watch the Super Bowl for the trailers, commercials, and halftime show, right? Like, we're not sports people, so we just, that's what we get out of it. Absolutely. And the best part about the Super Bowl is once it's done, they just upload all that stuff onto YouTube. Yeah. And you don't even have to sift through the sports. For real. Like, last week, we just spent a little portion of our evening just like on YouTube going through the Super Bowl stuff just making sure that we were on the same page as the rest of the world <laughs> and uh and in that we also got the the Doctor Strange trailer oh man did we ever so I, I love this trailer yeah we've watched it a lot <laughs> and I like that we have given ourselves a week before we've talked about it on the podcast because it's given us that extra time to not only digest it more, but also take in other people's theories, watch other people's content on YouTube, kind of dissecting the trailer. And there's been further leaks since yeah. then. And it's great. Like you said, I don't want to just be like, oh, yeah, we watched all these other people's videos and got our ideas. But I don't have the time to go frame by frame through this, through yeah. every trailer mm -hmm. to pick up small details. And some of the things people have found are just phenomenal. Even if we did have the time, it would still go over our heads. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just like some things you don't connect. Yeah. My favorite theory that has come out of all this is we have a like half second clip of Defender Strange getting thrown through a portal. Mm -hmm. And in it, he has three scratches across his face. Right. Then at the very end, there is a zombie Doctor Strange mm -hmm. that pops up kind of similar outfit but those same markings on his face mm -hmm. and it's just did defender strange get killed then resurrected as a zombie right did he get infected and thrown away as to not ruin the universe mm -hmm. or did some dark force transform him into a zombie yeah the, i to i never would have got that just from just from watching no matter how many times i watched that trailer. yeah yeah exactly no, and then in that, there's also been a lot of fans and with the endless possibilities that we get with a multiverse, yeah. there's been a lot of, well, who's this figure going to be and who's that figure and are we going to have this this version of Iron Man? And, and there's been a lot of Tom Cruise. Oh my God, yeah. Circling around the internet. And honestly, I have seen a lot of Tom Cruise buzz around it all before this trailer even came out. I remember going to you one weekend and being like, I read this article that they were going to have Tom Cruise come and be a different version of Iron Man yeah, because he was in the running with Robert Downey Jr. And I was really deeply offended by that. And then when this trailer came out, there was that just re-sparked again. And everybody was like, oh, that's definitely going to be Tom Cruise. He's going to be a part of the Illuminati, all this stuff. And so then I'm thinking, like, like it makes sense that there's an alternate universe um, Iron Man, especially because we saw those Ultron bots. And we yeah. kind of mentioned this on our Instagram page as well. 
Um, but I really hope that it's not Tom Cruise. And I think that this is the reason why I'm so anti-Tom Cruise. One, I think that he is too similar in his physical, like... Just like stature. Yes, to Robert Downey Jr. That it would feel like they were just trying to redo what they had already done. Yeah, and I feel like that stems from the fact that they were both in the running for that original Iron Man character. Yeah, exactly. That he would just play it the same, but Tom Cruise-y. Yes, which would be awful because it's been pretty widely stated that we in this this version of Iron Man that we've had, this Tony Stark that we have had, no one can do it like Robert Downey Jr. has done it. So yeah. if we have someone who is like kind of similar in stature to being a different Iron Man, I feel like it would just come across as like we're trying to replace this Iron Man that we've already had and then that would just end up blowing up in yeah. their faces because we don't want that. We want to completely, if you're going to have another Iron Man, it needs to be completely different and if tom cruise is in it the only way that i think that it is even remotely um acceptable is if it's just a really quick they're going through different universes and they see him in an alternate universe being tony stark and it's very quick like 10 seconds yeah so i feel like we have a very hot take with this and we don't like tom cruise no i have never been a fan but the biggest reason for that is that i find most of the stuff he's in is just very cheesy mm-hmm. like your mission impossibles the the biggest scene i can think of is when he's on the side of that building with yeah. the suction cup gloves it's, yeah exactly and it's just so over the top it's so outlandish and, like yeah. more than the, even the superhero movie could even yeah yeah do. and then i think of him jumping on the couch uh, on the Oprah show, and I'm just, I am not a fan of him. Mm-hmm. So to have him come into one of the the biggest roles of the MCU, mm-hmm. and I get he would be a like a variant, not a replacement, but we would all know what they're trying to do. It would feel very much like a replacement. They'd be trying to keep Iron Man going without Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, because he got too expensive. Mm-hmm. But. Something that kind of gave me hope was within this last week, we got 8K releases, leaks for the the trailer. Right. And in that, we can kind of see the face of this person everyone suspected was the superior Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And it's totally Jonathan Majors. Yeah. And whether that's Iron Lad or a version of Kang, I don't know, but I'm just really glad that it's not Tom Cruise's face yeah. in that shot. Yeah. And they could totally be fucking with us. Because with Kang being this overarching villain, he could pop up anywhere. Mm-hmm. He could be in so many different roles, be it a good guy, be it a bad guy, and we'd be guessing. But that also leaves the liberty of then just putting his face on top as a decoy. Right. And be like, oh, of course Kang is showing up mm-hmm. to hide the fact that it's someone this else. person or yeah whatever well and see in the scene that we're talking about in the trailer this person's taking on wanda right yeah like it's just this kind of glowing figure that is fighting with wanda and i just think i can't imagine tom cruise being a strong enough 
actor even to for me convincingly play a strong enough superhero that would just go head on with Wanda yeah I just it wouldn't I don't think that he could do it and make it believable for me and maybe that is just my own bias against Tom Cruise coming through but (laughs) I just I I can't I can't wrap my head around it so the fact that there is that same image but with Jonathan Majors there instead I'm much more accepting and willing to receive that information than I am to envision Tom Cruise. The fact that this guy who's going to be the next big bad Mm -hmm. has to have enough power to take out some of the most powerful heroes or else he's not a threat. Right. And allegedly this character, whether it's like him being superior Iron Man has a couple infinity stones. Mm -hmm. Like he's got a power level that is greater. Right. So then there's also you had also mentioned um, when we were talking about the Illuminati that maybe these Ultron bots aren't of Iron Man's making. Maybe in this universe, they're actually Hank Pym's invention. And then I also thought, well, Hank Pym is one of the most intelligent beings that we know in our MCU universe so far. Yeah, with his Pym particle technology. Exactly. So he very well could be in the Illuminati, especially if there is a, another Hank Pym out there in the universe who maybe has even more technology available to him. Absolutely. So, and that brings me around to the Illuminati. There are how many seats that we saw across there? Six? Five or six, yeah. And so we know for sure Patrick Stewart is coming <laughs> back as Professor X. I don't know because... Patrick Stewart did an interview. Mm-hmm. It seems just like everybody is doing the Andrew Garfield thing. Yeah. He's just like, since I started, everyone's been impersonating my voice. So you never know. I don't know. We show, I, I saw the ear, okay? And that was definitely a Patrick Stewart <laughs> ear. I can tell by the lobe. <laughs> no, but also, I don't, I don't think that they do that to us. That would be way too much of a disappointment. And I have seen also this other thing that was circulating. Don't know if it's true or not, but it was like a disclaimer note that it's like, no matter what, if you are questioning any interviews, anything, you are to absolutely deny it. Even to your mother, deny that you were in, in, involved in this in any way. Say it's Photoshop. <laughs> say that you're just not in it. Like whatever you can come up with to convince people that you are not involved in any way with this film, do it. Don't let anyone know. And then at the end of this disclaimer, it was like, Kevin is watching. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, I don't even know if this is real, but it wouldn't surprise me. Well, it's funny because, like I said, everybody is doing the Andrew Garfield thing. Mm -hmm. Like in the poster, there's a ton of shards of glass with different characters and stuff that you can see. And Deadpool is in one of those. Mm -hmm. And Ryan Reynolds was like, no, I am 100% absolutely not in this movie. Yeah. It's like, we see what you're doing. Yeah. Well, so any before we get into Deadpool, because we're going to get there, um, I just want to briefly talk more about the Illuminati and who we think could be there. Because like we mm. said, there's mm. like five or six people. I'm still thinking Professor X is there. Professor I don't care X, what he totally. says. Um, and then there's going to be some form of Iron Man, Iron Lad, whoever that is. I'm convinced because of the Ultron bots. Maybe a Hank Pym because of that. Yeah, see, the way I see it, it's got to have somebody that represents different forms of power. Mm -hmm. There is Professor X, who is peak mutant, psychic abilities. Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange, 
the like the master of the mystic arts. Right. Then there needs to be a science person or maybe two different types of science people. Yeah. So if we have an Iron Man or a Hank Pym. Yeah. Then maybe we could have maybe Mr. Fantastic. I know. I would Reed Richards, he it's perfect time to introduce a version. Even if they don't go into the Fantastic Four in the the main MCU universe for right. now. Yeah. You could run into him in a different universe and you just haven't realized that you have one too. Yeah. Then maybe like a battle tactician. Right. Which there is a silhouette that looks feminine that people are thinking maybe it's Captain Carter mm-hmm. because she has she started out being as a brilliant war tactician. Right. Then she became a super soldier. Then in the What If series, she got sucked through some sort of portal. Right. And maybe through that she has gone through different space things and realized different battle tactics and stuff that she can use and is just a brilliant tactician. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. So I feel like there's there's a huge variety of people they could have. They could bring in like if they're just wanting to introduce everybody, Namor. Um the Submariner, he is basically Marvel's Aquaman. Okay. But not angrier, but more anti-hero-ish mm-hmm. as opposed to an angry hero. Right. So there's there's a lot of people that could be shoehorned into it. Yeah. Or if they want to just get the core group in together, I mean, go for it. Yeah. It's going to be a lot to introduce all these characters. Yeah, I definitely but... think there's going to be a female in the Illuminati and partly just because this day and age, I feel like you just have to have at least one female in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, you, yeah. And I don't know. I was also thinking maybe Shuri. But... See, I'm always hesitant to say she's going to do much of anything because she's kind of been burning bridges with the, the Marvel production, mm-hmm. like Letitia Wright has. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what she is going to be going forward, whether she's taking a bigger step into Black Panther or if... Like, at this point, it's hard to see where the Black Panther franchise is going to go. Yeah, which is really sad, though, because the reason I think that she could be is purely, like, character-wise. She's really intelligent. She has all this experience with all this technology. And so it makes sense from a intelligence standpoint and other people who are in a part of the Illuminati that, like, she could be. She would be somebody that would be on there. The only thing that I could see happening for that is if it's an alternate universe's Shuri that's a little bit older. That Mm. way they could recast. Right. Um, I hate all this, like, politics of casting and things like that because then it's like you have this character who really very much belongs as a part of this group but can't because of the politics that are involved with the actor and the yeah although if they can find a way to recast it well i don't mind because that's another actor i'm not a big fan of Mm -hmm. she's just a little too i don't know like when she was like what are those it's like like i know she didn't write the line but like it was bad okay (laughs) (laughs) okay so yeah then we get back to people denying that they're involved in any way which also um, John Krasinski, I've also seen that he's been like, oh, that's just, that's purely fan cast. I'm not Reed Richards. I'm not a part of the Fantastic Four. Fucking on, like, Krasinski. It'd be, <laughs> it'd be cool, but no, it's not happening. 
Um, I, I, I'll believe it when I see it, but it's a hope for me. I mean, I'd like to see him as Reed Richards. And then we also have Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, <laughs> him being like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm well, not. And it involved. was hilarious because we were talking about this and you were like, why would Deadpool be in this? Yeah. And I was like, well, at the end of the second movie, he has this like time and space transfer machine. Mm-hmm. And you were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then it came up that you were like, I have no memory of the second Deadpool Yeah, you movie. were explaining to me, well, yeah, you remember how he went back in time and he stopped himself from doing the Green Lantern movie and that was kind of a joke. <laughs> and, and I was like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And for real, like if you if you completely don't even think about the second movie and then you have all this multiverse stuff happening and then you've just got Deadpool there and it's like, aside from just finding a way him. to have him in the MCU, like officially... There's really no connection. I don't understand it. <laughs> and then you said about that, and I was like, what? what? When did that happen? Yeah, I so don't remember we, this happening. We rewatched it, and as the movie went on, you just more and more were just like... I've never seen this. I'm becoming more and more convinced I have never seen this movie. Yeah. And I I guarantee we have, and you must have just fallen asleep. I. It's likely. It's really unfair. Like, the other night... I it was movie night with the family it was a weekly thing that we do and I was feeling really tired so I'm like you know what? I'm just gonna have a little nap through this really shitty kids movie whatever that way we can watch tv together later and this was at like 8 30 and I was out for the rest of the night <laughs> and it's just like why does this happen so that just happens sometimes when we're watching movies and then it's just I'm out cold all right but now that you have seen the movie yeah what are your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, this movie has like three different plot points. And the entire time I was waiting for the moment that makes sense as to why this movie would explain Deadpool's presence in the multiverse of madness. And it took like probably an hour, if not more, to even get to a point that where I was like, oh, okay, this is why. Yeah. And even more specifically, like the very end of the movie. Exactly. So the whole time I was just kind of watching, waiting for that like revelation of like, oh, that makes sense that he would be a part of this Doctor Strange movie. And then that's an acceptable way for him to be introduced to the MCU. And it wasn't happening and wasn't happening. And... I find just the Deadpool movies in general, I don't know if it's Ryan Reynolds and the way that he portrays the character, which isn't a bad thing. I'm not overly familiar with Deadpool from a comic perspective, Mm -hmm. but I find Ryan Reynolds to be a lot, and I understand that he very much loves this character, but it's getting to the point where it's like Ryan Reynolds is just Ryan Reynolds, so in my head it's like Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool are the same person. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, with all of the roles he's taken since getting Deadpool, just being Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's certain scenes, and I get that, like, his whole shtick is to be, like, he masks his actual feelings with humor. Yeah. And so he'll make just jokes at things that aren't, that are actually really emotional or, like, deep. Like, his dying scene and how long it went on. And I was just like... (laughs) It's actually this kid is weeping and sobbing because this guy just sacrificed himself for him and they're all like being sad and emotional and he's just is going on and on and on and on. And I get it's a joke, 
but it's just it makes the whole thing even Vanessa dying it makes it hard to actually feel anything because the whole movie is just a joke that's true (laughs) so that's like my overall thoughts on him and the movie and it's not that I don't like it I don't want it to seem like I don't like Deadpool it is entertaining I like the the jabs at Canada and how Deadpool was just like you shut your mouth because Ryan Reynolds is Canadian Deadpool isn't and I like that there is a very fine blurred line between where Ryan Reynolds ends and Deadpool begins because it is amusing at times in those situations like him killing himself and not taking on the Green Lantern role (laughs) again that's not something that Deadpool should know about but Ryan Reynolds does know about so I like that he uses that point of the character and how he knows things that are out of his world and again that's something that can be used in the multiverse of madness and how he isn't just stuck in his one specific world he called Professor X, Patrick Stewart, at one point in the movie. Like, he knows these things. It was funny because he said that having, had, like, 30 seconds before had James McAvoy yeah. behind him. Yeah. So, it yeah, and I like that there are those jokes and those opportunities for those, those kind of humor things yeah. to come through. But it makes it hard for me to take the movie as a whole seriously or to feel anything other than just amusement. If that makes sense. That's fair. I think it's going to be a weird transition if Deadpool actually does go into the MCU. Because the MCU has always kind of had like lighthearted jokes and stuff. Mm -hmm. But never anything to the extent of Deadpool. Yeah. And like all the different things like Chris Evans being Captain America and the Human Torch. Right. Or Michael B. Jordan being Killmonger Killmonger and the Human Torch. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things that he could poke fun of. Right. That I think it'd be amusing. Mm-hmm. Whether it would fit tonally into the MCU, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my take on Deadpool. I get it now why he could be in the Multiverse of Madness. I don't, like you said, I don't know what kind of role he could actually add to the to the universe. But he could be there. He could be there. (laughs) Like, it would make sense now. So we also watched the finale of Deadpool this week. and (laughs) You mean Daredevil? Fuck, yes. I do mean Daredevil. (laughs) And I've done this so many times. Not just now. I did it on Twitter earlier. I said that we were watching the finale of Deadpool. And I've said it in just our conversations outside of the podcast. I've been confusing the two. And it's just the double Ds. I just can't wrap my head around it i don't know words are difficult sometimes (laughs) (laughs) we watched the finale of daredevil and uh, a season one yes and it was a good it was a good finale i think it did start off with the funeral of ben and last week i don't know if you remember but i was pretty set that he wasn't actually dead (laughs) (laughs) surprise because I, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember from when we originally watched it if he actually did die. But I don't know. I, fe- I, for some reason, felt that him and Karen, their relationship had more to it that we hadn't seen yet. Yeah, no. no. Like, it, for some reason, I have it in my mind that Ben and Karen, he takes her on as like some sort of a reporter intern at some point. 
Maybe. I have a memory of her like interning as a reporter. Maybe with somebody. that's a variant of her. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe in later in later seasons, there's like a different reporter that kind of takes her under maybe their wing, and that's what I'm remembering. But yeah, Ben's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this episode because it it kind of is a roller coaster of emotion. Mm-hmm. It starts out with that sad, slow. Like the funeral and then them sitting around the table. Um, and then it goes into, well, the the legal system didn't work. So, like, this is my fault. I've got to go take out Fisk. Right. And then into, you can't do that. We need to let the law take him down. Mm-hmm. Well, nothing is going to get him. Oh, well, we have this one thing that could get him. Yeah. Yeah, and then on Fisk's side of that too, he's kind of, because he's always had so many people doing this stuff for him, especially Wes, Wesley always did everything for him. And Uh so he didn't need to look into the finances of things or, and he had, um, I forget his name. Uh, Leland. Leland doing the finances and then everything else I feel like Wes did. But this one thing, he was like, Wes, you move some things around so that Vanessa can be safe. And obviously Karen kills Wes and so he ends up taking on that responsibility himself to actually deal with his own finances that he wanted to move around, which then exposed Leland and kind of some shady things he was doing. And so if all of that hadn't have happened, then his own undoing may not have happened because it's his... Him catching Leland in that sketchy stuff and killing Leland is what allowed him to know that there was still someone out there that could expose him, which then had him communicate to other people and kind of timing worked out on Daredevil's side to hear the conversation to know, oh, there's still someone out there that can help us expose Fisk for who he really is. There's a domino effect. Exactly. So it's kind of interesting to see that Fisk was a part of his own undoing. Yeah, in a way he brought himself down. Yeah. Yeah, and then after the legal system caught up to him and this giant can you imagine the hassle of coordinating that FBI strike? No. For senators, police departments. Yeah. Fisk, just all the people that were paid off from right. reporters to secretary like that would have been such a hassle. Mhm. So after all those people are gone, Fisk gets out. He has people hijack his truck and he gets them. Mm-hmm. But then Daredevil finally, finally with his new suit. Yeah. It's just like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> Remember when um, it was the earlier in the episode, he was doing something as Daredevil. And I was like, oh, do you think that we're going to see him in the suit? I mean, it's the finale season one. They've mm-hmm. got to give us something. We know he's been working with that guy to get himself some sort of a suit. Do you think that we're actually going to see it? And you're like, nah, nah, I don't know that we're going to see it in season one. They yeah, might honestly, hold that off for season two. I forgot that it came up even in the finale. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's like a first couple episodes of season two thing. Yeah. But no, it happens and he looks really cool and he he dominates that fight with Fisk. Yeah. Like there's a little bit where it turns around, Mm -hmm. but man, he knows what he's doing. Well, Fisk, Fisk has always been so sure of himself. 
Yeah. He's been so confident because he knows I have all these people working under me. No one can touch me. So, like, I don't care about this measly little man in a mask. <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah, he's been an inconvenience. But at the end of the day, I still have all of this. But it was all taken away from him. Once his new truck got hijacked, well, like I say hijacked, but like flipped, whatever, yeah. what, whenever Daredevil stuck that thing in the windshield and flipped the truck. Yeah. It was, that was the first point ever that I had seen Fisk actually not be so insecure looking. Like he's running down yeah, an alley running in frantic. Fear. Yes. And we've never seen fisk like that like he thought he was in the clear he was going to go meet vanessa and escape in their helicopter and everything was going to be fine and that didn't happen and he knew like shit i need to find a way to get out of here to go meet vanessa i have this amount of time to get there and then then i'm free and so he had such a small amount of time to try and come up with a new plan knowing that daredevil was on his butt and (laughs) we'd never seen him like that before so i think that's why he didn't fight to the fullest that we have seen him before. Not to say he didn't fight well, because he did. Like that, <laughs> that fight bit scene where he was just picked him up and just dropped threw him. him. Down. <laughs> yeah, it was a really good fight scene. But I feel like we saw him in a completely different light than we yeah. had at all through the rest of the season. Yeah, and uh, after Fisk gets recaptured mm-hmm. by. The good officer Mahoney. Yeah. Which, seeing that guy's character arc kind of come full circle where it's like he was always kind of like the undercop. And yeah. he just, he was just kind of skirting by because all these bigger, more corrupt guys, like, yeah. you don't mess with them. Right. Now they're all gone. And he's the guy who's kind of directly related to it. Mm-hmm. That was nice to see. Yeah. I also liked this episode for the same reasons that we've been noticing throughout the whole season in the parallels between Daredevil and Fisk and Mm -hmm. kind of just certain themes that have actually played out and come full circle as well. Like we all know that Daredevil is a very religious person. Like Matt, Matt Murdock is religious, very Catholic, speaks with his priest a lot. And we see his religion kind of be more of a dilemma because he's doing things that he knows he really shouldn't be doing in the eyes of the church but at the same time he feels that he's been given a gift and that he should be using that gift yeah and that he he believes that god has given him this power and it has been a burden but it has also helped him help others and he feels that that's right yeah so we've seen his journey with his religion and his priest has been like we've mentioned before, oddly supportive, like given him his like wisdom and guidance throughout his journey. And he has been able to come full circle and accept this as a gift. Yeah. Then we also see in this episode, Wilson Fisk speaking of a Bible story and relating himself to a character in this parable. And he admits that he isn't a religious man and he didn't read it out of faith or anything like that. He just saw himself in this story and like as a kind of vision of his life and what he is to do with this city. And so I thought that was interesting that we have both of these characters that we've seen so closely relatable have another thing that they use that kind of keep them driving and like keep their vision driven forward. Yeah, I like how both of these characters can use 
that aspect of the their motivation to be so fucking intimidating. Mm-hmm. Like during that bit where the priest in the previous episode, the priest was saying like, well, maybe like God made the devil to be instill a, fear a, a, and instill yeah. fear and daredevil discovering that he can be an icon of fear mm-hmm. and have that motivation. Yeah. Then Fisk in this be like, I, I thought I was the good Samaritan coming along to fix the city. Yeah. But I realized I am the ill intent yeah. that put that man in the ditch. Right. Like, I got goosebumps when he said that mm-hmm. bit. That whole, the whole time that Fisk was in captivity was really just, I don't know, it was, it was, it was paralyzing. Like you, you, I was on the couch, like really intense, really just sucked into this world and I couldn't move or do anything because I was just so focused yeah. on what was happening and captivated by this character and his delivery of this of this monologue and then everything that followed. You have that scene of him coming out of the truck after we have the shoot off of the cops and the people transporting him. Yeah. And he comes out and just the camera angle just making him look so much larger than life and he's again just carrying himself like he's on top of the world. He's owning everything everything's going according to his plan and just that shot of him really being on top was incredible yeah. for his character and i i said to you at the moment like that's a great shot yeah because he just looks like a king like kingpin <laughs> i feel like everything about vincent d'onofrio's performance as kingpin is just so spot on mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who who kind of poke fun at his delivery of the lines, how he kind of breaks it up, and it's kind of like, it's it's a weird, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Kind of sentence structures that he uses. He's he's very poetic in the way he talks. Yes, but at the same time, that makes him so much more menacing. Yes. than if he were to just say a line straight out, mm-hmm. just the thoughtfulness, yeah, the passion spoken behind each word, yeah. It all has purpose to him. He doesn't. He doesn't use any words without there being a purpose or a meaning or reason behind it. Everything he yeah. says and does is very well thought out, and it's intimidating as hell. And it it only goes to show how they could have three seasons of a show mm-hmm. with one guy being the constant, yeah, like thread between them. The other moment in this episode that really did it for me is a few episodes back when Daredevil was almost killed by Fisk. He was enraged with him. This was right after um, Mrs. Cardenas was killed. Yeah. And he he said, like, I'm going to kill you. He went to that warehouse to find Fisk and he was going to kill him. And he wasn't thinking clearly because he was blinded by rage basically like even this blind man who can see so much more than what most people can see or what everybody can see with actual sight he was actually he he disabled himself when he went there and he you could tell in the way he fought that he had disabled himself and he almost lost his life for it and then it has also come full circle in this episode he's fighting fisk for the last time of the season and fisk is the one that we've already seen frantic 
out of his mind, loss of control. He's the one enraged saying, I'm going to kill you. And in both of these scenes, first one we see Fisk say, take your best shot. And Matt goes in crazy and loses (laughs) the fight. This time, it's the same thing. Fisk says, I'm going to kill you for what you've done and how you've stopped my plans. And Daredevil responds with, take your best shot. He puts his sticks away. Like, he's just like, come at me. Like, I'm ready for you. And he is more confident than we had ever seen him throughout the whole season. Yeah, it was a a spectacular finale for just one of the most outstanding first seasons of a show. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of shows, just in general, like, they start off with kind of where they are going to be for the... Like at their their greatest, yeah. Which is why a lot of shows get canceled after their first season because it's just hard to match that, yeah. But this was like I remember when it first came out and everybody lost their damn minds, yeah, over this season. Mm-hmm. And rewatching it, I still I feel get the it same all way. over mm-hmm. again. Yeah, it's been really great rewatching this show. And I love how much time has passed since we watched it the first time because watching it again has really been like watching it for the first time all over again. Yeah. It's been great. There's been so many wow factors that we got to experience as if it was the first time again that we forgot about. And we got to watch this character development and character arcs and all these things that have developed into this great story is like watching it for the first time again. We got to fall in love with the characters all over again. We got to fear the characters all over again. And it was just a great experience. I'm happy that we decided to do it. Me too. I'm really glad we got to share this experience. Even though we won't continue to talk about Daredevil on the podcast, (laughs) we're likely going to continue to watch it in our own time. Yeah, <laughs> at least until it's off of Netflix, and oh yeah, that's like a week away. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully it comes up somewhere else real soon. Disney, Disney's gonna take it because Daredevil's coming back. I believe it. We all believe it. And if you want to tell us what your favorite first season of a show is, hit the link in the description. You know where it'll take you. Let us know. We want to hear from you. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week at the Bees Knees Podcast. If you haven't already, please make sure you download this episode. Maybe recommend us to a friend while you're at it. And we will talk to you next week. (music) 